This is a cinematic gardener. Dotson. Dell, Dell, you wouldn't mind just keeping the noise, bad boy. You might just keep the noise down a little bit over there, mate. I'm about to do a podcast on on your, your mate. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Yeah, Kush, yeah, Kushti. Kush, yeah, Kushti, mate. Um, <clears throat> are we ready? I knew we shouldn't have done this in the next head. It's, it's too noisy in here, isn't it? It's, hello. Hello. Well, there you are. Hello there, dear listener. Hope you are doing well. Welcome. Welcome to the Skinny Jean Gardener podcast. Oh, yeah. It's that interview. It's been in the bag for a while. We'll come to it in a minute after the intro. But uh, before we crack on, I've been away from this podcast for a whole month since the Christmas special. Thank you so much for your wonderful support on that. Uh, I've been off social media. I've been away from it all and I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. I'm excited for 2020. Even more excited. We have got an awesome sponsor on board for this year and uh, I'm really excited to be working with them in 2020. It's Flymo. You may have seen last year I did a Garden Ideal Home Show sponsored by them Uh, and since then we've been working out the details for 2020. I'm so happy to have them on. Flymo, your life easy. I think we're going to get a fancy little jingle at some point this month as well from them. So that will be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, Flymo, your life easy, peeps. I've talked about it before, haven't I? About that uh, awesome robot lawnmower that I've got outside, uh, which has changed my whole mindset. There's a lot of talk. Let's not go too deep into it because we know we're in the nags there. We don't want no trouble. Uh, we've talked a lot about... Um, we probably will come up a little bit more throughout the year about AstroTurf and things like that. Do we need it? Well, not with one of these robot lawnmowers. They are, can I say pucker? They are, they're so good. You know, that's my review, guys. Five-star pucker. Um, they they really do. Here you go. Flymo, your life easy. But we will get an effort. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking about them a lot more throughout the year. Pumped to have them on board. Uh, go sh- give them some love on the Instagram uh, right now. And say nice one, guys, for supporting such an amazing podcast. Right, let's get into that amazing podcast. Like I say, we're starting the year with an absolute corker. Let's hit that intro, and we'll chat to you after that. In intro, it's going it's going quite well until until then. Rod is <clears throat> Rod is um, distracting me. You right, Dave? We've got some half-price crack ties, some miles and miles of carpet tiles, TVs, deep freeze, and David Bowie LPs, pool games, gold chains, wuss names, and Edda Push, and Trevor Francis track suits from a mush and shepherd's bush. Bush, 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 bush. No income tax, no V8, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, rich or poor, we'll cut prices at a straw. Hooky Street, 
Hookie Street. Hookie Street. That is one of the longest intros we've ever had. <laughs> we've literally tagged on two intros onto the start, but it was worth it, weren't it? Worth it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited this week to have John Chalice on the podcast, and uh, I'm such a big fan of his and only fools and horses. Like, I remember, I still watch it now. You know, it's on gold, isn't it? It's always on. They might as well change the name of the channel to Only Fools and Horses channel. It's constantly, throughout Christmas, I was watching it. And, um, and you know, I'm just so excited to get him on the podcast. Uh, I actually met, well, I didn't meet him. The first time I actually saw him was back in 2018 at Toby Buckland, former guest of the show, Toby Buckland, his festival. And uh, John was there. Uh, talking about his gardens, only fools and horses, with the legend that is Jim Buttress, uh, former guest of the show. We won't keep saying that. We won't keep going, former guest of the show. We could, could have real for a bunch of names. Um, <laughs> he was up there, and a really nice guy, and I was so nervous to even say hello, and I didn't. I didn't. I just got my head down, to be honest with you. And me and Bigsy just to walk past and sort of, you know, fanboyed. More me than Bigsy, to be honest with you. And... Um, yeah, so that's the first time I saw him. And then I didn't see him again until Tatton 2019. I was there for seven days. Was it seven, five or six, seven days at Tatton? And he was there as well. He had his books. He was selling his books, talking about his gardens. And I built up the coverage throughout five days. <laughs> and said, look, I'll do, I'll do a podcast. Will you come on? And he instantly said, yeah, of course, I'd love to. Uh, and that's the interview you're going to hear today. I'm so excited. I've, I've had this one in the bag, like I say, since Tat and last year. And um, I was just really, I was nervous again. I was so nervous. You get them people that, you know, you watch on TV your entire life. And then uh, you're standing in front of them interviewing them. I went back and told my nan and uh, she's like, oh my gosh. That's the first time my nan's ever said, oh my gosh, to a person I've interviewed. <laughs> Even my nan was impressed, peeps. Even my nan was impressed. Uh, of course, uh, John is best known uh, as Boise from Own Halls and Horses, The Green Green Grass, and more recently as a comedy uh, on ITV, The Benadorm, which I really enjoy as well. Which I was actually surprised to see him pop up on. But I, I love seeing him on that as well. Uh, I'm such a big fan. And the reason we've got him on, and you know sometimes we have wishy-washy, not guests, all the guests are fantastic, but the link to gardening can sometimes be, you know, very uh, paper-thin is the word. But we get a bit of gardening out of them because, while well, I like to chat to them. <laughs> uh, but they give a little bit of gardening content as well. It's a gardening podcast. Didn't have to do that with, with John. Like I say, I, I've seen him a lot at garden shows. Uh, and he talks a lot about his massive garden. We talk about it here in the podcast interview. So, look, I'm not going to go into too much. He, he's also uh, really big with the Hodge, Hedge, Hodge, 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 Hodge. He's been off for a month. He still can't string a sentence together. Yeah, really big with the Hedgehog Society. Uh, and we talk about that too. Uh, I'm not going to chat on too much more. Let's get into it, shall I? I'm excited. I, even I'm excited to listen back to this interview. So... Here we go, peeps. Ladies and gentlemen. John Boise Chalice. I don't think that's his middle name, is it? But... Yeah. The Garden Chit Chat. 
So, John, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's a pleasure. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about your garden because you were at quite a few garden shows this year, and I don't think many people would think that you're a gardener. No, no, I suppose I wouldn't. Um, I sort of got interested in gardening. Um, the first time I had a garden, well, a bit of a garden in uh, Battersea in London. Um, and I sort of started trying to grow things, uh, not very successfully, of course. Uh, but then I, you know, if I had a patch of ground, I'd try and go and got an allotment, tried to grow some vegetables. Uh, but then I got terribly busy, so, um, uh, so then I couldn't do enough on the allotment. And then I uh, strangely opened a garden centre with some... Uh, some ageing reprobates in south uh, southwest London where I was living because there was a lot of gaps between um, you know acting jobs as usual so uh, wanted to do something else opened a garden so I just sort of started learning quite a lot of things about it and became fascinated by it and and then uh, when I got my own um, garden uh, in London quite a big garden actually I had a ground floor flat but quite a big garden and I started sort of experimenting with stuff and some of it was uh, very successful and some of it was a hopeless failure. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then uh, I met uh, my wife, uh, Carol, and we, we found we had a, a nice, decent garden in, um, still in south-west London, you know, which is where I've lived most of my life. And, um, and Carol's very good in design of gardens and so on, so that, that was a sort of a step up, you know, I started growing courgettes and things uh, in amongst the flowers but pretty soon the garden was sort of full up with stuff and um, living under a flight path um, as we are here only this one was Heathrow more and more planes and uh, we decided it was time to move from London and needed a bit of space to create, to really create a proper garden you know um, and about 20, 21 years ago now we, we moved to uh, Herefordshire found an ancient property with uh, about five acres no garden at all and uh, we created this uh, this garden and made a lot of mistakes <laughs> but uh, but uh, we were uh, looking for a sort of romantic type garden growing lots of roses and lots of clematis and so on um, and uh, and it's done very well it's, it's featured on the Chelsea Flower Show quite a few television companies have uh, done a bit on it and we've now written a book about it uh, called Wigmore Abbey, The Treasure of Mortimer. Because the abbey, yeah, the, the ancient abbey we, uh, um, uh, we live around is, uh, was, was founded by the Mortimer family, came over with William the Conqueror, hence the treasure of Mortimer. So this garden is the treasure of Mortimer. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we... You know, we we come to shows like this at um, at Tatton Park, so we've got a, a tenuous link with gardening, and uh, and so so people are very interested in the book, reading about the history of the, of the place and so on, and we're very proud of it. But of course, now we're a, a bit older, we don't have the energy we had, so now we're wondering how the hell we keep control of it. You know, because it's, it's got pretty rampant, I have to say, but it's a it's a wonderful sight this time of year. How big is it? Well, uh, we've, we've got five acres altogether, but, but only about an, hour, uh, an acre and a half is cultivated. Right. 
So um, the rest of it is sort of ancient pasture and so on. It's a very old part of the world. Over 800 years old, the building. So, uh, so we're, ho- well, we're hoping that it'll continue and uh, live for another 800 years and uh, someone will look after the garden for us. <laughs> was it in like a bit of a state when you first got there? Well, there was nothing there at all. It was, uh, it was pretty neglected. Um, the previous incumbent uh, sort of run into financial trouble, I think, um, and also sort of marital problems, so he'd sort of given up. And the, the meadow, the pasture had sort of crept through... Right up to the um, up to the French windows, it was actually growing inside the house in a lot of uh, places, and uh, the wildlife were sitting in the lounge watching television, <laughs> reading newspapers. You know, so we had to push it back, and it looked a bit sort of naked, right, for a long time. But then, of course, then you have to reproduce it and sort of bring it back. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, so that's what we've been doing for twenty years. How long did you ever come? To- Gone said only only lasted only lasted about a year because my uh, my so-called partner did, um, did a runner and left me with the debt that we owed to the bank, which of course I hadn't got. So um, so that was a bit of a crisis. But that was back in the seventies. Right. So uh, things have improved a bit um, since then. Still kept your passion anyway. Oh yes. No, I get, we've been to see lots and lots of uh, gardens, lots of historic houses, and wonderful gardens. And, you know, you, you pick up ideas and uh, make your own version of them. So it's been quite quite an experience, really. Do you ever, like, open your garden up, like, open gardens, show people around? No, not now. We have done. We have done for about 20 years. Um, uh, had a lot of um, architectural groups, garden groups, historical groups, and so on there. But um, we've... Uh, we still get we still got the old groups around. I mean, the Mortimer History Society, in fact, is very local, you know, and I'm a patron of that. And uh, they're coming around about 150 people, I think. So it's sort of open, but for specialised people, because uh, opening generally to the public is a, is a bit of a bit of a problem. We have a bit of a problem with elf and safety, because it's a medieval house. You know, the ground is very uneven. It's dark. You know, inside the house is pretty dark. We don't want to put fluorescent strip lighting in it, you know. To, and also they're talking about fire escapes, and you're thinking, what? What, a medieval fire escape? You know, it's just hopeless. So um, so we're having a bit of a rethink on all that. But uh, anyway, um, you know, so people come and see it. You know, people come and see it through English Heritage, sort of walk around the outside of it. You know, um, the ruined bit, which is on somebody on a farmer's land, which is separate from us, it's not entirely um, ideal because we live surrounded by a farm and it's been sold off sort of piecemeal bits of it over the centuries and uh, some of it belongs to us and some of it doesn't so, so it's quite difficult to um, to organise anybody coming to see the, uh, the environs of it, you know. Danny Driscoll said this was a friendly warning I'm sorry, Del. We had to tell him you'd taken the phones. They've got it in their heads that you're trying to con them. They're looking for you, Del. I know, I know. I've had a warning. But let me tell you this. If I end up supporting a flyover on the M26, I guarantee that you two are going to be in the next junction. (laughs) Let me get you a drink, gentlemen. All right, what is all this about the Driscoll brothers? Nothing, nothing at all. Listen, if the Driscoll brothers come in here asking for me, you ain't seen me, all right? Listen, I've uh, heard of the Driscoll brothers, Del, but I've never seen them. What'd they look like? 
Or well, one of them looks as though he was evicted from the planet of the apes. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one reminds me of Cliff Richards. What, he looks uh, younger than his years? No, he's got one of them faces that you want to slap. <laughs> hey, Chief, did you get Alan off home all right? Yeah. There was almost an accident. The yeah. minicab driver nearly reversed into the Driscoll Brothers' Mercedes. The Driscoll Brothers? They're here. What door are they coming in? Well, I don't know. They were just getting out of the car. Quick, well, upstairs. Hide in the hall. Quickly. Vicky, Jeff, on. Quick, come on. Upstairs, quick. <laughs> I see how nice. Hello, Danny. Your brother not with you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, watch it, Tony. <laughs> Drink? No. That right, Marlene's up the spout? Yeah. Dear, dear, dear. Will you let us know the moment you find out who done it, and we'll sort him out. <laughs> yeah, right, oh, Danny. <laughs> yeah, good one, Danny, good one. <laughs> boy around? Uh, no, no, I ain't seen him this evening. Well, that's funny, his van's in the car park. And what's this? Because Stella... The Malibu Reef. You sure he's not around? Think hard, Governor. Well, he may have been in earlier and then he left. Oh, I see. He just had this place decorated? Yeah. Shame. <laughs> I want to buy everyone in a pub a drink. Whatever they want. Now, there's a pound. And I want change. <laughs> Large cognac, please, Michael. You've <laughs> also got like, a big supporter of, um, like, hedgehogs. Supporter of hedgehogs, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, I got involved because uh, there was going to be a mass slaughter of hedgehogs on South East. That's one of those islands um, off the top of Scotland. Uh, because they were eating all the birds' eggs and so on. So, and, and I sort of got involved in it and I said, this is ridiculous because we're losing hedgehogs hand over fist in England. So why don't we transport the hedgehogs from there down here? You know, we can give them little passports and things like that, you know. And, um, and that's what happened. We got a few people together and, uh, and we, got all, we got them all saved and uh, put around um, sort of suitable places in, in England. Since then I've become... Uh, we a patron of the British Hedgehog Preservation Society, which um, which needs a lot of support because they're practically an endangered species, which I can't believe. Uh, loss of habitat, different sort of uh, farming techniques and so on. But also, um, people don't really know about them because they're nocturnal. You don't see them that often. And, um, and everybody can help in their garden by... Uh, not having it too tidy, little piles of logs or, or leaves, you know, which they, which they like um, snuffling about in. And also to, uh, to allow them to travel, because they like to travel. Sometimes a mile a night, but they need to be able to travel through people's gardens. And <laughs> You can have a little hedgehog. 
hedgehog archway you can put in your garden or just, just cut a hole in the fence. A lot of people say, oh, I never see a hedgehog, and uh, they've got a fence all around their garden. Yeah. That's why they can't get in. So people don't necessarily know that they like to travel, so they're trying to spread all that sort of information and the sort of food they like. People tend to put down sauces of milk and so on, which is not very good for them, but they don't mind cat food. Mind you, what the cats eat, I don't know after that, you know. It's very, very difficult balancing this wildlife thing, but it's something we wanted to do in the garden that we created at uh, Wigmore, was to encourage as much wildlife as we can as many bees and birds and butterflies you know. and uh, we've certainly succeeded in that I think Do you do any um, grow your own or anything like that? Do you grow, grow your own food, food at all? No, no, we grow a few herbs uh, occasionally a few tomatoes uh, a bit of fruit yeah. we've got an orchard we created an orchard uh, there through historical records we saw that um, the monks at the abbey had had an orchard in a particular place so we've recreated that with sort of a, old versions of English apples and so on. Um, so, uh, to a certain extent, yes, but, but I don't grow sort of rows of turnips and no. <laughs> potato patches and things like that. I have done, I have, I've tried all that in the allotment, it's worked quite well. And of course, you can grow a lot of these things in pots, you know, which, which, uh, which you've done. Nothing like some new potatoes out of your own pot. Very good. <laughs> Well, we have done. We did it all ourselves originally. Uh, we needed help from stonemasons and and so on. Um, you know, because it's a listed grade one listed building. You know, we've got to be quite careful about how we repair things. Um, and yes, in the, in the early days, we did did it all ourselves, all yeah. gardening. But now, of course, time has moved on a bit, and uh, we're not as mobile as we used to be so we uh, we have a bit of help now to try and keep things together I'm not allowed up the ladders anymore onto the roof which is about 300 feet in the air but, uh, <laughs> so not surprising I'm rather glad I don't go up there anymore but, no 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 uh, no you've got to keep the gutters clean all sorts of things and and if you put a wisteria or um, or um, oh I don't know in anything anything that grows fast and uh, creeps up the wall Virginia creeper for instance that sort of thing looks fantastic but of course it grows it keeps on growing up and uh, finishes up in the roof space so you've got all that to deal with because the things have been there for a long time but uh, no it's, it's been great <laughs> it's, it's still great fun but uh, but I have a friend who has a lot of equipment and, and very long ladders and, uh, and so on so he comes around and helps me and somebody comes to cut the grass cut all the grass and so on but I've always found that terribly boring, cutting grass. So. Yeah, I don't like cutting grass. No. That's what robot lawnmowers are for now. Robot? No, I don't want to. I don't like robots. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, have you got any uh, future plans for the garden? Anything you want to... Want to what do you mean, concreted over? Not concrete over. Uh, no, no. Well, no. There's things we'd like to add, you know. But um, living in, a, in an ancient property, you know, costs a lot of money to the maintenance of it. And, uh, you know, we have to be quite careful like everybody else but we need uh, we need a couple of things a couple of things we've seen here at um, at Tatton you know which we quite like we're just trying to work out whether we can justify it or not if it's an indulgence or is it a necessity yeah. probably a bit of both I well, think. these shows always seem to have that sort of yes, yeah. thing whereabouts can we get your book ah well now the website is a Wigmore Books 
That's W-I-G-M-O-R-E books, all one word, dot com. Bigmailbooks.com, that'll uh, give you links to all sorts of things uh, where I do my one-man show and everything and uh, and also to all the books. So that's uh, Being Boise and Boise and Beyond. That's, that's my uh, life story in two parts. Uh, a couple of novels with a new hero called Reggie who we're trying to turn into a television series one day. And uh, the Wigmore Abbey book, The Treasure of Mortimer. So... Uh, so that's the website, and uh, if you'd like a copy personally um, dedicated by me, that's the only place you'll get them. So, uh, so drop us a line, as they used to say in the good old days, <laughs> <laughs> and we can bung one through the post to you. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay, great pleasure. Thanks, sir. The Garden Chitra. Cha, 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 cha. Wow, 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 guys. Look, I've got to say a big thanks to Boise. I can't I can't stop calling him Boise. He's, he's Boise, isn't he? I mean, I know his name's John, but it's the it's, it's, it's same as people call me skinny. <clears throat> Not so much anymore. Uh, but look, thanks so much, John, for being on the podcast. If you do happen to have time to, to listen back to this. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. What a start to the new year. What do you reckon? Uh, look, your support last year was overwhelming. Thank you so much. Uh, I think I talked a lot about this in the Christmas special. Uh, and on Patreon, if you're a big supporter of this podcast, you want more gold content, sure. Sure, there's more gold coming. Uh, go over to Patreon. You could be part of the GUG unit over there. It explains a lot more how you can be part of our club uh, for just $5 a month for you guys. In the- I don't know why they don't do it in quid, but... If you fancy it, pop over, check it out, uh, and be part of the G unit. Uh, look, um, we've got so much coming up in this year. I'm so excited about it. Be ready for it. But uh, your support, like I was saying, really means a lot. Uh, thank you so much for giving the shout-outs, the retweets, all that sort of thing. really helps get the message of podcast out there uh, for Skinging Our Podcast. Uh, look, that leaves me to say uh, much love to all of you. Um, also Flymo go give them some love go give them some love am I I turning to Boise hang on should have should have left it that faint shouldn't I but we're going to go into the impression I can't do it sounds terrible I should have practiced Marlene Um, I need to go and watch an episode <laughs> thanks so much guys for listening um, look after yourself look after your uh, family and how do I end these podcasts look after the garden um, I'll just speak to you next week
Mrs. A. Didn't they go in the garden, or? Dachshund.